Today we're going to uh, continue um, looking at 1 Corinthians 13 that we've been looking at over the past few weeks. And uh, it's been several weeks since we've read through the passage completely, so I'm going to read it again just to refresh our minds um, as we look at it this morning. So we're looking at the way of love. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Well, if you're joining us for the first time today, then welcome. It's great to have you um, with us in our church community here at Shiloh. Our vision statement is very simple. Love God, love others, serve many. Um, so over the last, I don't know, five or six weeks, we've been looking at what does real love look like? It's not just that gushy feeling that we have when we fall for someone for the first time. But what does true biblical love look like? The thing is, it's the heart, very heart of our vision statement. Um, we wanted to think about that. So this morning we're looking at verse 7. Love bears all things. Love bears all things. Now, you might be tempted to think that the meaning of this verse means that love put up, puts up with all things. It kind of just puts up with things, and love means that we tolerate one another. I love my children, okay, but it doesn't mean <laughs> that I tolerate or put up with removing nine coffee mugs from a bedroom floor each day, okay? Um, it, that's, that's love, and it might be true that I still love my son, okay, and uh, that love does bear all things, um, but I want to look at another meaning this morning. It's not just about putting up with and tolerating. 1 Corinthians gives us a picture of love that I think if we're honest and if we're true, the kind of love that we're all really searching for in life, the kind of love that we've been desperate for since we came into the world. Um, it's the kind of love we dream about. We long for relationships, for friendships that will stay together through the good and the bad times. That's what we long for. People who will stand by us and support us. Those people who really believe the best about us, who bring out the best in us, even when we're not so great, even when we make mistakes, even when we mess up, even when we let them down, they will still believe in us. They will still look out for us. They will still believe the best in us, even when we're at our lowest, even that we're at that real pit, the rock bottom of our lives maybe. They're still there cheering us on, saying, you can do it. You know, you can do it. Well done. We want to have people who are watchful for us, who watch over us, who are hopeful for us. They hope for the best in us and they're steadfast in their love for us. So they don't kind of like just their love for us doesn't just come and go with how great we are. They love us no matter what. We want to have that love shown to us. 
That's what we all long for. We long to have people who will show us that love, who won't give up on us, whose love won't give up on us. That's what we all want and long for in our lives. But the trouble with many of us, I think, is that we all long for that and want those people in our lives. But I wonder, do we always demonstrate that to others and those around us? Do we show that kind of love to other people? Do people recognize us as a people who cheer others on, who look for the best in others, who love people even when they're at their worst times? I hope I'm not just going to come across like a horrible person, but I'm sure like you, me, you've probably discovered throughout your life that it's far easier to moan about a person than it is to always try and praise them, okay? It's often easier to kind of like find the, the, the bad things in people than it is to find the good things in people. And it's so much easier to kind of give up and to despair about someone than it is to have hope for them. When someone's really let you down and really, you know, it's been really bad and that you can see their life's going off track, it's much easier to just sort of say, oh, that person, you know, they're doing this wrong, they're doing that wrong, you know, like, I've given up, I've given up on them, I've, I've tried so many times, I've given up. And it's easy for us to kind of despair than it is to have eternal hope, to hope for them, be hopeful for them, and to hold on for them sometimes. Sometimes it's easier to give up, to throw in the towel, to walk out of a friendship, to walk out away from a relationship than it is to stick at it and to keep going at it. But love bears all things. That's what this passage tells us. Love bears all things. Does your love for others, does my love for others bear all things? Does it bear all things? I'm going to ask you a question, okay? And this is quite a tricky question, and I'm going to ask you to think about it for a moment, and then I'm going to ask you to discuss it with the person next to you, okay? So if you want to. If you don't want to, that's fine. Can you remember a time in your life when someone believed the best about you, even though you didn't give them much reason for hope? So can you remember a time in your life when you were doing something or something was going not great or you were at the bottom and someone really believed in you and gave you hope? Have a think for a moment. Okay, I am... Um just as I was thinking, I hadn't thought about this this morning, but I was just thinking about a time in my life when, um, when someone thought the best of me, you know, I don't know what yours were, but I remember a specific time when I was 14 years old and I walked into um, a bag shop in town and I said to them, please, can I have a Saturday job? And they said, yes, that's fine. You can have a Saturday job. You can start next week. And I thought, that's brilliant. Went in, got my Saturday, started my Saturday job, did a week. That week was the week that I was feeling a bit rebellious and decided to go to the hairdresser and shave my hair off okay so I shaved it all off had a grade one all over um I'd gone in the week before with this ni nice neat little bob um and I'd gone in and I shaved it all off and the next week I went in and my and the boss the owner of the shops uh, I unbeknown to me spoke to the manager and said we can't keep her on like that because look at her look at look at this is going to be awful and the manager fought for me and I didn't know that and he fought for me and he said he said um no 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 like she's going to be great it's going to be good she's going to be good good and good whatever and uh, I stayed in that shop I worked there for um I think about five years on and off through holidays and Saturdays and it was a brilliant job it was the making of me fantastic we had a great time and uh, great great experience working in that shop and still chat away to that manager today but I'm 
grateful to him. He didn't even know me. And yet he was like hanging in there saying, give her a chance, give her a chance, give her a chance. Um, it's just a little bit of a stage she's going through. She'll get out of it. Um, I don't think I ever did grow out of it. But um, anyway, um, there you go. Um, but, you know, it feels good, doesn't it? It feels good to know someone's got your back. Someone's there supporting you. You know, in the hard times, actually, there's people that we can turn to. If I'm at rock bottom, if I'm really struggling, there's someone else there holding on to hope for me. I I might not be able to do anything. I might not be able to even think about the future, but someone else is. Someone else is holding on for me. Well, the phrase here, bears all things, comes from a Greek word. I love my little Greek words, throw them in. And it means to cover Okay, to cover. And it's related to the meaning of the word roof. Okay, a covering, a protective covering that protects us from the elements. That's what love bearing all things means. And one Bible commentary described it as a covering that either supports what's placed upon it, so it supports what's put on it, um, or covers um, um, what's placed underneath it, so protects what's placed underneath it. Love's acts in both ways in bearing in all things and over the last six weeks we've looked at different aspects of love and this one really struck me because it's a really powerful picture of what love can do in quite a different way to what I had thought of before firstly love protects what's within what's within us love guards us against resentment it guards us against anger and discouragement Love doesn't look for every fault in someone or complain or um, point out everyone's, you know, your shortcomings and failings, doesn't squabble or criticize. How often we attack rather than protect one another with love, pointing out faults rather than protecting. We expose people's faults rather than cover them. We expose them. We neglect rather than draw near. We just walk away rather than go alongside and support and help. John MacArthur said this lovely quote, Love does not expose or exploit, gloat or condemn. It bears, B-E-A-R-S. It does not bear, B-A-R-E. Love covers over. In our relationships with one another, there's some things that we just need to choose to overlook. You know, some things that just niggle us, but we can just overlook. That's what love covers. You know, Martin and I, you know, been married 20 years, and then we have a, still have a constant discussion every day nearly about whether knives, forks, and spoons go up or down in the dishwasher, okay? Now, I'm not going to say which one of us thinks what, but um, we have these... <laughs> up did you say up they have these different discussions about whether they go up or down which way cleans them better okay and uh, it can get quite a heated discussion in the kitchen um sometimes i know what drives martin to distraction i probably do it on purpose now sorry love Um, but i know that when i drive home okay and it's been wet and windy and everything else and i turn the engine off and i get in the house i know the next morning martin's going to start the engine and the wipers are going to be going and the heat is going to be blowing and the radio is going to be on and the lights will be on and he'll say to me can you not just turn everything off when before you turn the engine off okay it drives him mad he can't understand why i can't turn it all off before i turn the engine off 
And those are the little things that we can choose to overlook because we love each other. We love each other more than those little niggly, grating things. They're insignificant things. We need to not let that complaint, that niggle, grow into something more. We need to choose not to pick it up again, to dwell on it, to think about it or feed it. It would be so easy when Martin got in the car and said to me, can you not just turn these things off? To also say, and can you not put your forks the right way round in the dishwasher? You know, to keep throwing it back all the time, to keep putting those things in. It's like feeding the problem. Love covers over what we do not like in another person, those little things. Sometimes we just need to understand my love is greater than that. My love for that person is greater than that. It defends their character. It defends them. It's within the kind of limits of truth, as long as things are truthful. But it, it defends their character and gives up the right for, the, the, for revenge or the desire for justice, okay, when we seek revenge. And I want to take a moment, just to take an aside here for a moment, and I want to speak on the importance of forgiveness in relationships and in love. You know, there's a story of the Sunday school teacher, I think I've told it to you before, who asked her class, what do you need to do to receive forgiveness? And the Sunday school class went quiet. And one little boy put his hand up and he said, well, we need to go and sin. (laughs) And he's so true, isn't he? Isn't that right? That's what we need to do to receive forgiveness. We need to sin and to make mistakes. And that's the truth. We've all sinned and we're all in need of forgiveness. And the good news is, is that God promises us in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us, to clean us from all wickedness. Not only do we need forgiveness when we sin, but we need to forgive others. That's the important thing is that we pass that forgiveness on to others when they've done wrong or they've hurt us because people will hurt us and people will do wrong things against us. That is life. When we've been hurt, we have a choice. We can go over it and mull over it and sit on it and dwell on it and think about it. First thing when we wake up, first thing, last thing when we go to bed, it's the thoughts that's on our heads or we can release it. We can decide to let it go. And give it to God. Forgiveness isn't accepting or dismissing someone's behavior. Okay, that's really key. It doesn't mean to say that we're just wiping over and saying what they did wasn't wrong. It was wrong. They hurt hurt us. Their actions may have been wrong. It's not even saying about reconciliation. That may not be possible in every situation. But to forgive means surrendering our right to get even that thing that makes us want to seek revenge, to get our own back on someone. And it might not be that you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go and really going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, spray their house, egg their house or slash their tires. But it might just be that you're sitting there kind of hoping that something bad happens to them. You know, sitting at home wishing some revenge on them. That's what we need to let go of. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness means that we put them into God's hands. We place it into God's hands. Romans 12 verse 19 tells us, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Never take revenge. And I wonder today, is there some bitterness or some grudge that you're holding against someone right now? 
You know, is there someone that you're just so bitter towards that actually I can't, you think I can't forgive that person? I don't know that forgiveness will ever be possible. You know, the more we get to know God, the more we understand that song we've sung, the reckless love, the overwhelming love of God in our lives, the more we get to know God and understand the overwhelming love that he has for each one of us, of what Jesus did on the cross for each one of us, that is the only way that we're willing to extend the same forgiveness and love to those around us when we get to know the love of God more in our lives. Instead of focusing on the faults and the imperfections or mistakes of each other, love chooses to see good. It chooses to see the good. It focuses on the positive, but it's a struggle. You know, it's a real struggle. Bearing all things means sacrifice. It means selflessness. We can't do it in our own strength. That is not possible. The only way that we can do it it is to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, as we spoke about um, over the last week, couple of weekends, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, who is love himself. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the love of God, then we can share that love with others. Secondly, love protects and covers what's within, but it also protects us from the things that come from outside. That's what a roof does. It protects us from the elements, doesn't it? A house without a roof, you know, would be pretty hopeless. It protects us from the things that come in from outside. In life, it's impossible for us to control or to choose the circumstances that are going to come our way. We can't do that. We'd all love to be able to do that. We'd all live so much happier lives if we could choose the situation that were going to come our way. Life can be hard. Life can be very hard, in fact. Can be very hard. But love, just like that roof, supports what is placed upon us. It supports us. Love holds up under the weight no matter what you might wake up to and face tomorrow morning. Love takes the pressure and love does not give up. I wonder in life if you've ever been caught in an unexpected storm that you didn't see coming, a storm you didn't see coming. When a storm is approaching, you know, usually, not always, Michael Fish with the exception, um, get the weathermen get it right, okay, and they can predict when a storm is on its way, okay. If they know that there's a storm brewing, you know, they'll tell us, won't they, and we'll go out and we'll batten down the hatches and we'll kind of get ready. Um, for it. If it's hurricane strength, they might even give it a name. And there are times when we know those storms are brewing. There's things in your life you can see, something's not, something's not right. There's something coming my way. Something's brewing. You can sense it. Something is brewing and something is building. And there's other times when storms just come out of nowhere. But one thing we know about life is that we will all have storms. There'll be hardship. There'll be tragedy. There'll be difficulty. You know, some of these storms can actually change our whole lives they can change our whole lives in a moment the death of someone we love an illness a disability a breakdown of a relationship or conflict at home losing our jobs having a rebellious child all of these things 
are like storms that come into our lives and they can come without us even noticing. Suddenly they're there. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about two men who built their homes and the storms came. And you know what? The storms will always come. The storms will always come. In fact, there's two kinds of people in the world, ones who are going through storms at the moment and the others who are about to face a storm because that's how life goes. You're either in a storm or you're heading into one. The Bible tells us the rain will fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. So we can't control. We can't control whether or not the storms will come, whether these circumstances will come. That's life. That's what happens to us in life. And in addition to the trials that come, we also face temptations. There's our own temptations that come. And if God is a God of love who wants the very best for us, he wants the best for our lives, for the plan for our lives, then the enemy loves nothing less than to come and destroy and ruin and break up and cause problems in our lives. He loves to see marriages torn apart, our relationships, our friendships destroyed, our characters um, kind of muddied and dirtied. That's what the enemy loves to do. He loves to come in and to do those things. And we must be on our guard. We must have our armor on. We must protect ourselves from these things. That's what we need to do. That's what the Bible tells us. When we get those attacks from the outside, love acts as our shield, protecting us, protecting us from these things that come our way. Love is that safe roof over our heads, keeping out the elements, keeping out those things that batter us. That safe roof, it helps us to sleep peacefully, knowing that we're being protected from the outside elements. That's what love does. Love is like a roof that protects us and the walls protect us from the rain and the wind and the storms. It's a shelter. It's our defense. It bears all manner of dangers that might come from within or from without. That's what love does. That's what love bears all things means. It covers us. It protects us. And that's what we need to be to others too. We need to be that to others too. It's that roof that covers and protects what's within. So how can we respond this morning? I always think it's good to think about how is God challenging us? What's God saying to us? How can um, we be transformed? How can we keep walking in the good plans that God has for our lives? And I think that there are three ways this morning that God wants to really um, speak to us in. Firstly, I just want to ask quite a difficult question, I suppose, quite a challenging question to each one of us. Um, Do we find ourselves speaking well of others? Do we speak well of others or is that a challenge? And it's okay if it's a challenge. It's okay to recognize that and actually think, God, I just need some help with this. I just need a bit of help with this to start seeing the best in other people, to start showing your love to others. You know, the book of James is all about how we control our tongues, our speech. And that's sometimes we just need some help with that because it's not easy, you know. And we need to be looking for the best in others. So maybe we need to respond to that this morning and just ask for some forgiveness again. And actually that we'd have some help in building others up.
Secondly, I wonder if some of us are in the middle of a storm right now. Are we in the middle of a storm? And we need to know that love of God protecting us. We need to feel as though actually we need that roof put back over our heads this morning. We need to have that love. We need to know that we're safe and secure in the love of God this morning. Then I just invite you to come and be filled with the Spirit again because that's just being filled with God's love again. And then finally, um, are we struggling to forgive someone? Is there some forgiveness, some bitterness that we're holding on to actually? And actually someone springs to mind right now even as I'm speaking, we need to let go and actually hand that person into God's hands because it's only hurting ourselves.